This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pundell. This episode features Jacqueline Gifford, Editor-in-Chief of Travel and Leisure Magazine. Firstly, thank you very much for joining us on Hotel Life Live, series of conversations and interviews with notable people in the travel and hospitality industry, a way hopefully of keeping the travel and hospitality community connected, informed, and of course, a little bit entertained during these strange and unprecedented times. And with me today, Jackie Gifford, Editor-in-Chief of Travel and Leisure. So, Jackie, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Welcome. Happy thank Friday. Thank you. Happy Friday is right. I know. It's, um, it's a weird one. I apologize. I've got my old earphones on. I'm in, you know, in my bedroom trying to make sure my son doesn't disturb us and my husband's working. I, you know, everyone's sort of living in this new reality and just trying to find the best ways to connect. So I really appreciate you having uh, me on today. Uh, there are no rules. Understand if you've got to go and, and, and do something in the middle, we'll, 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 we'll follow you. But Jackie, thank you very, very, very much for, for, for joining us today. So first off, you know, how are you? Where are you? How are you isolating? Thanks. Um, so I'm here in New York City. I've been here from the beginning. Uh, my husband and I, you know, we, we've lived here for almost 20 years and we love New York so much. I, you know, I'm a New Yorker. You know, we're, we're every day pretty much just in our apartment. Um, we do a little bit of exercise outside. Um, we have a four-year-old son. And so it's challenging with him because, you know, we were just concerned if he would understand really, you know, how to social distance and um, wear a mask, but we got him to wear a mask. And so we went outside with him for the first time on Monday, which was actually really great. So just to, but he's been such a sport, you know, it's a weird thing to try and explain this to somebody that young. So we've only told him a little bit, you know, we told him that there's something that, you know, there's a virus and we want you to be safe and we want to make sure everybody else is safe. Um, and I have to say, he's been really um, quite, he's, he's, he's making me proud. He's been really understanding. So, um, so here we are and we're in New York and we're That's here, to, we're here to stay. You're healthy. You are a New Yorker. So guys, anybody watching, what is it you think that really makes you a New Yorker? Because I moved to New York, as you can tell, I'm not from New York. I moved to New York in 1998. Back then, you, have, you had to have lived in New York for 10 years or lived in New York for seven years and have been mugged. But thankfully, right. yeah, but thankfully, in times of- We've moved on, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what, you know, what is it that makes us true New Yorkers? I'd love to hear what the people watching have to say about that. Jackie, so how are things professionally? How are you managing to, to navigate the publishing world from, from home? Sure. So we uh, moved actually everybody at Travel and Leisure to work from home pretty quickly, which I'm really proud of. We're part of Meredith Corporation, and that happened around March 11th. And we 
put in new systems in place uh, within a matter of really a day and a half to get people home and find, um, you know, we pr- we're producing a magazine remotely, which is something we've never really done before. So um, our digital team had all the tools in place. And what we did with the, the magazine team is we, you know, we came up with new systems on the fly. And I have to say, everyone's really adapted well. And, um, you know, we're, we're ta- in talking all the time, which is, you know, I miss my colleagues so much. Um, I think, you know, I think the world of them. So I can't wait to be able to see them in person someday. But, you know, it's from the, you know, the travel industry is, is, you know, really hurting right now. There's no, um, there's no doubt about it, but I think, you know, the best part about the travel industry is that people are open and tolerant and I think generally pretty positive people. So in the conversations I have every day with, with people who are in this field, I try to just, you know, make sure that we end on a positive note and think that eventually, you know, there are brighter days ahead. You know, if you look at the statistic that one in 10 people globally earns their living from travel, hospitality, tourism in one way or another. That's a staggering amount. With Travel and Leisure, it's one of the most popular magazines in the, in the US, the UK, and around the globe. Uh, and you joined as editor-in-chief in, at the end of 2018. That's right. Uh, you have, in my opinion, one of the most influential jobs in the travel industry. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. So, you know, where do you take the conversation given, sure. the, given the trying times we're living in? Sure. Well, there, there are a couple things to, and thank you. That's, I, you know, really complimentary um, of both me and our brand. We, um, I think right now what, you know, what we're doing digitally is to try and, you know, give people inspiration and comfort for what the situation we're in now, right? With everybody being at home, whether it's virtual travel experiences you can have, um, also keeping them frankly up to date on the shifting landscape with hotel cancellation, everything from cancellation policies to what, you know, airlines are now rolling out the requirements of, you know, wearing face masks on the plane. It's all that up to, up to the minute news, which people um, find real, really valuable. And then I think, you know, the, the interesting thing about the print product um, you know, we have some, we work with some of the best photographers and writers in the, in the world. And I quickly realized, because when we moved to work from home, we were actually closing our Europe issue. And we had seen the lockdown happen in Italy. And we held an Italy story out of sensitivity. And then, but we had to go to press. And so I, it was pretty clear that things were going to develop in Europe, but we couldn't hold the stories back. We had to go to press. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And I've gotten, and, you know, our Europe issue came out and I've gotten several notes from people, um, you know, we have 6.7 million readers in print saying how much they loved getting the issue because they, they could, it's a relief, it's an escape and they can look at the photography and they can dream of better days. And so we've adjusted some stories for sure within the magazine and are speaking to, you know, the times, I think in a very sensitive way. However, I also believe that people want to read about, you know, human connection. And also they want to read about and see visuals of places that they actually can't, they can't go to right now. So, so some of the stories that we commissioned before this all happened are just as relevant as they were before. In fact, we, we have this beautiful story coming up in June on Puerto Rico. And, you know, Puerto Rico has been through many, many challenges recently, whether it was the earthquakes that happened, um, you, know, rec- you know, just a few months ago to, to Hurricane Maria. And, you know, it's an island that sort of manages to pick itself up time and again. And I felt, you know what, I think we should run this story because it gives people an idea that destinations, places, people, there's this natural cycle to them, right? And 
of, of reinvention and rebirth. And, you know, through very dark and challenging times, there is hope and light at the end of the tunnel. And so I think that our, our audience is smart enough to know that and read the message. And also, I think by just virtue of promoting places and businesses, although some of them may be closed or have adjusted, you know, what they're doing at the moment, by getting somebody to go to a website and read about a place and understand a place, I think it just continues this overall mentality of openness and tolerance. And, and it really, it, to your po earlier point, gets people to understand that travel and tourism powers the economy and gives one in 10 people jobs. So it's a tough mission right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I, I, I really think that people also need a relief and they need to dream. They need to dream. We've got to keep people dreaming. I mean, yeah. that's why, you know, just with these, the, these chats, I think if you've got a platform, if it's a travel platform, if you have a hospitality platform, you have a responsibility to make sure that people are, uh, are connected and informed and, and a little bit entertained. People have to dream. I totally, totally agree. Yeah. So what do you think travel-related businesses need to do? And, and sure. not, not technically, maybe, maybe emotionally or conceptually. What do they need to do to survive in a post-corona environment? Yeah, I think the thing that right now, you know, I, I was talking about this yesterday. I think there's like a short game and a long game. So the short game is like making, if you're a hotel company or if you're, you know, a larger business, even a small business, is just keeping your customers and your loyal fans up to date with what the status quo is, how your employees are, what measures you're putting in place potentially for this new world order that we're going to live in. And maybe if you're a restaurant, what, what, even if you're a restaurant in the city, like, do you still have, um, are you doing takeout? Are you doing delivery? What, you know, keeping, keeping people up to date with the sort of status quo in a sensitive way, I think is really, is really important. And then I think the other thing is you have to think of it again, in terms of the long game and sort of giving people the inspiration, the license to dream and, and, and letting them know that you're out there and thinking of them. And, and I think too, trying to tailor as, as best as you can um, any messages so that they feel warm and heartfelt and not fake. And, 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 mm -hmm. and that fake isn't the right word, but you know what I mean? There has to be like an authenticity behind it. And you know, what I've been doing this whole time is actually just reaching out to my friends and travel one-on-one. -on -one. And um, you know, it takes up a huge portion of my day, but I think people really appreciate that face-to-face -face connection and that personal time just even if it's five minutes ten minutes just saying how are you I'm thinking of you um, dropping them a note to it's you know it's mm -hmm. it can feel relentless and exhausting but I think anybody in the travel and tourism business that kind of instinctual that reaching out is instinctual for them so hopefully most travel brands and businesses are, are doing that um, in the best way that they can right now and I think to your point there are no rules you know, there are no rules. So, you know, if one day you want to post something about dolphins coming back to, to, to a marina and the next day it's a playlist or, it's a, or if it's a virtual travel tour, I mean, there are no rules. And if it's not something you've ever done before, that doesn't matter. That's a brilliant point. You know what, you've got to, you, we have to really think outside the box and think of, you know, we, I couldn't have imagined a world where, you know, we were watching like these virtual cocktails being made and, and people tuning in and, and, and then recreating them at home or, or asking people to, you know, I got a really fun tip from a friend of mine who, you know, was at Rosewood Mayakoba and they had their butlers give people like the, the tips on how to make the perfect bed. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, mm -hmm. there are all these things about travel and hospitality that are brilliant. And we, you know, you kind of want to implement some of these things at home to make you feel like you're in a place. We did a story on how you can recreate your favorite travel 
photos in your in your apartment in your home and Maybe. you know i think it's fun you just have to try new stuff and 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 um and be nimble in this new in this new world but i think to your point as well as long as it's heartfelt it's genuine it's authentic that you're talking to your community it doesn't matter what it is and who cares if things work or not it's a matter of a matter of it coming from the from the right place because not yeah. everything is going to work we are living in in no. completely uh, unprecedented times we're all going through the same kind of uncharted territory so which i'm going to get into into in a second because i was flipping through a bunch of travel and leisure stuff yesterday and there was some there was some really fun stuff that spoke to me and some things that really didn't as well and that's totally yeah. fine you know that's the way it should be in my opinion yeah um so you recently launched the june print issue of travel and leisure but you decided to post the editor's letter on your personal instagram this week championing beautiful imagery and travel inspiration, which, which mm -hmm. I really loved. What's a dream direction that you would want to take travel and leisure in? Oh my gosh. I think right now, you know, what we're doing, um, you know, we don't have reporters out in the field. That's clear, right? So um, with the magazine, what we're starting to do, and we're still rolling out content that we had commissioned before. And again, mm -hmm. it's as sensitive as possible. But we're starting to commission more essays and talk to novelists about, you know, maybe doing excerpts of some of their work or talk to novelists who, um, were, you know, we're running something soon about um, why in Scandinavia there's such a rich legacy of crime writing, um, which is coming, which is we're working with a novelist about that. So it's like little twists on sort of classic travel stories. Um, that I think, you know, it's not like a service-led piece, but it takes you to some place in in um your, in your mind, and it takes you there to Scandinavia, for example. Um, we worked with um, a writer. We're working with her right now, um, who has a book coming out about Siberia, and she, you know, it's being published in June, and so we commissioned an essay from her about, you know, her her why she, you know, loves Siberia so much and has returned multiple times. I think there's a way you can keep it fresh and work with the travel community to tell interesting new stories. It just might not be that sort of straight service that people have been expecting. And then, you know, my hope is, as everybody's hope is, as things start to, you know, get better and improve, hopefully, you know, then our, then our job is actually really, it's, it, it is really complicated. It's making sure that mm -hmm. we're delivering the right information to people about, about when it's, you know, safe to get out there. And a lot of that really, frankly, is you know, it's unknown right now. There's a lot of unknowns, but in a lot, and then even here in the United States, you're seeing each state is handling things differently. You know, I'm not going to lie. It is making our job a little bit more complicated when it comes to, to travel stories. But I think we're, you know, we're up for the task. We really want, we really want to be there and be, um, be a champion for the industry. If you'd like my opinion, not that anyone asked for it, but I think unless businesses travel businesses and hospitality businesses have a focus on impact and purpose and responsibility, whether that's in publishing or in a, in a, in a restaurant or a hotel, I think that's going to be a second phase recovery effort. People, uh, there's a generation now that want to know that you're doing something good for yourself, for each other and, and for the planet. Uh, and I think that's really, really important. And that's very broad, but I think there needs to be a, there needs to be a focus on that for, for, businesses to succeed we actually i mean it was the timing was oddly it was interesting we in our april issue we brought back a, a platform that travel and leisure started years ago and that had stopped doing called um the global vision awards so it 
honored uh, travel providers, companies that were doing good work in terms of sustainability or, you know, or social social justice. And, and that came out in our April issue, which is now actually really with, with people right now. And we had been working on that story for months. And then it came out in the middle of this. And actually, I felt like, you know, it, it sort of was a reminder that that actually the next phase of this is thinking about how we can better the planet, better ourselves. Um, and, and we also, we had had this in the works again for some time, but it, it just so happened to coincide with everything that, you know, was coronavirus. We were launching TNL Global Good, which is our charity initiative to champion, you know, different, different nonprofits that are, that are doing good work. And so our first, our first one was World Central Kitchen, which is, you know, as you know, it's Jose Andres's charity and they're doing amazing work right now to feed people here in the United States, also abroad, um, who are being impacted by coronavirus. But we had actually decided to, to choose them and work with them based upon what they had been doing in the wake of natural disasters in Puerto right, Rico right. and the Bahamas. So it was like this it just all happened kind of organically. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad we had been thinking about doing that. Um, it's taking on new, you know, new light. And I just interviewed Jose this week for a story in our July issue. And I, you're right. I think, you know, we need to think bigger as, um, as companies, as individuals about what our, you know, what our responsibilities are going forward, both as, you know, from a public health perspective, but also from an environmental perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know Travel and Leisure has changed its, its direction online a, a little bit, as everybody has, offering yeah. things like virtual train rides and walking tours, which, by the way, I saw yesterday, I thought it was brilliant. And then you're also keeping readers updated with the latest news and what's happening with the coronavirus around the, around the world. How do you decide which direction to take it? For digital or for print or just in general? Just in, just yeah. in, in general, because it's very, di it's very diverse. Well, I think the thing is, right, what, what um, you know, what, how do I, how do I put this the right way? You know, the thing that about having a brand that reaches as many people as we do, right? So digitally, it's about 11 million people a month and print 6.7 wow. million across our social channels. You know, you've got, it's even more. So I think the thing is, um, and this is what, what makes our brand so amazing is we have a variety of people working there where they come from different backgrounds, different perspectives. And so you have to sort of um, be nimble and really adjust the content to suit a broad range of interests. And so I, you know, I think number one with the, the digital product, you know, we have to sort of really think, you know, think big about what is going to happen in the industry. We did a piece recently. It said, what could the future of travel look like? Um, and we talked to industry experts and, you know, sort of walked people through what some, some of these new realities are knowing, right. That, Right now, it's still, there are a lot of unknowns. Um, and then we've got the virtual sort of the leaning into the leisure side of things. It's like the, the virtual stuff, giving people some sort of relief. And I think where, I mean, where we're going to take the brand, you know, that that's something that I'm always thinking about anyway, whether or not the situation had had happened, right? It's like, you know, we were always thinking about what new products we could offer. We're thinking about these things right now, right? There's... There's there's a new reality, a new world that we're living in. It's all unknown, but I'm overall hopeful that people will feel like they want to travel again when it's they're ready and it's right. And so so we just don't, you know, as as editors and storytellers, we have to be nimble and kind of adjust to the current mindset. And that that's that's mm -hmm. actually I think that that's really the hardest part is, you know, predicting what people are going to be thinking in a month, two months from now, 
you know, the psychology of this is, is, I mean, it's, it's upsetting, but it's also fascinating to me. Like how, how do we sort of get our readers to feel more engaged with us, but also, you know, and want to come back to us more, but also be incredibly sensitive because when a brand isn't sensitive, then it's, you know, things fall apart. And there's a very young, boisterous and powerful generation, a resilient generation that is going to rebound from this, again, in my opinion, uh, rebound from this, looking for guidance with regards to travel. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I think it's, it's your responsibility. I mean, my responsibility this much, but your responsibility on a much bigger level to, to guide people in the right direction. So it's taken yeah. this pandemic sadly to make us realize that actually we we have a responsibility and that responsibility responsibility is to ensure that people travel responsibly whatever that yeah. means it doesn't need to be activism but it doesn't need to be responsible and thoughtful travel and that is really really important and that's the conversation i think we need to we need to lead i didn't mean to get all righteous about it but it's our it's our responsibility now Speaking of great storytelling, Travel and Leisure yesterday I saw has reported on, on luminescent dolphins in California. And guys, if you've not seen the luminescent dolphins in California, there is an insane film on travelandleisure.com uh, that you should absolutely watch. It's these beautiful luminescent dolphins swimming in, in, in California that, that are, are a byproduct of cleaner waters. Anyway, mm -hmm. so uh, luminescent dolphins in California, Flamingos flocking back to Mumbai. I mean, those images are just mind-blowing. So there are some silver linings during these very, very dark times. But in your opinion, is this, is this the reset the world needs or do you think we're going back to some kind of normal? Oh, a, it's a really tough question. I think there's no doubt that people will, you know, they see those images and to your earlier point, I think, their understanding of the planet and our role in it and our um, as humans and what we do to the environment and every single thing that we do in our daily life that has a, an impact, whether it's, you know, consuming, you know, something that comes out of a plastic, but whatever, all of that, you know, it was, it was interesting, right? In New York, just before this happened, there was the plastic bag ban, right? So, you know, we mm -hmm. were, you know, I think these are, these were questions people were have, having and, and hopefully we were getting to a point that most people were understanding that, that climate change and protecting um, our natural environment was important. And I actually think coming out of this, people are, all, are going to, I believe they will have a heightened sense of awareness and that our natural spaces, our green spaces are really right. important. And even when, it, with regards to tourism, tourism, particularly in Africa, you know, when you look at the safari tourism model, that, that actually really powers a lot of the conservation efforts there. Right. So there is a way to do this that's sensitive, right? That, that sort of, that makes sure that the dollars we spend on our travel products go somehow back into the environment and supporting different initiatives. And so if, if this, if it takes this to, to, for more people to be aware of that, you know, that then I guess, I mean, it's, it, I would never, I would never say that this, you know, this is, this should have happened or anything like that. But, you know, if there are some silver linings to your point, um, maybe this is one of them that people will understand our, have a greater understanding of our impact on the environment. Yeah. Bravo. Well said. I, I, you know, I think we can't think that pleasure and responsibility are mutually exclusive. You can do yeah. both. 
That's why, yeah. that's why in addition, we challenge our chefs to produce no waste. Same with the bars. We have a you know, campaign called Stay Plastic Free, aimed at taking single-use plastics out of our hotels and encouraging the industry to do the same. There's lots of people following this conversation. My friend Duncan in Amsterdam, Jonathan in LA, Yasmin in Turkey. There's people all over the world who are real champions of, I don't want to say sustainable tap travel, but thoughtful travel, responsible travel, mindful travel. It's like, of course you shouldn't use the plastic toothbrush when, when it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to have a bamboo. Anyway. I think it's important for us, you know, again, as, as responsible global citizens and, you know, and that's what I considered. I consider myself, a, you know, I'm a New Yorker, but because I've traveled so much and I actually did grow up abroad, I consider myself a global citizen, someone who sure. just appreciates the beauty of this earth and other cultures, all of that. All of us who are in this community feel the same way, I believe. You know, I think right now we're sort of just, you know, as we're stuck at home, everybody's reassessing everything in their lives and really thinking because they've got the time to think. And so, sure, you know, when we're able to get out there and travel again and, um, you know, maybe that first trip that you take, you really think about the impact that you're having. Sure. And what, and what you really want to do. Actually, Jackie, somebody asked a, a question, Travelling in Heels. When, when will you feel good about sending writers back out to report? And we really need to see what state and local governments are telling us. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it, I'm not going to know that answer for a little bit. Um, sure. But the other side of it is, too, you know, we don't, as the beauty of travel and leisure, sorry, as I close the door because my, my son was trying to sneak in. The beauty of travel and leisure is, too, that we have, you know, um, we have this in amazing network of global contributors who are in every city and rural mm -hmm. areas too. So it's not like we have to necessarily put somebody on a plane to go report. I think the, the, the question I have and is, you know, everybody's wondering is just like, you know, the social distancing and how, how that's all going to translate. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there are other media outlets right now, you know, reporting from the front lines who are doing social distancing in a respectful way. And so, you know, I think that's another thing that we just need to all, we need to all have a better handle on as it relates to travel in the future. Sure, and things are changing daily, so we really yeah. can't, can't, can't answer yeah. those in a responsible way. So switching gears for a, for a second, there is a fascinating digital cultural revolution happening, a forced digital cultural revolution. Have you been taking life online or have you been using time to, to, to have a digital detox? It's a bit of both. Um, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I grew up in magazine culture my whole life and I love, you know, I love books. I tried having a Kindle for a while and I still revert to books. Um, my, you know, I am on my phone probably more than I've ever have been. What I'm doing though, which I think is interesting is at night, I'm really trying to switch off. And so oh. there, because, because I think right now for those of us who are lucky to work from home and I feel really lucky that I can work from home, there's this tendency to be on all the time and you have to somehow have boundaries or else you really don't have any sort of personal life. Mm -hmm. So I try to switch off, you know, at least by seven thirty, eight o'clock so I can have dinner and, you know, be with my family. And then, um, right now my husband and I are obsessed with, you know, I've always grew up watching law and order. And so we were watching these law and order marathons Amazing. on week TV. Amazing. So, so we were watching old episodes of law and order and looking at New York from like the nineties and the early two thousands and all this stuff. So, that's kind of like my me time. And then if I'm awake in the middle of the night, which I trust me, many of us are. So I'll make myself some, uh, some chamomile tea and I'll read, read my book because I have a bit of, that's actually really my only, you know, sort of alone time, even if it's from two to four in the morning. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking at some of my habits and trying to to adjust them as need be. But I love the fact. I, what I love is that I can talk to the digital sort of world allows me to talk to people all over mm-hmm. um, and feel connected. That's amazing. Even to my parents who are in Philadelphia. So that, that makes me happy. But I also think there, there are some limits because it's really, you, your, your mind just can't take, take it all. <laughs> That's very true. It's a, there's a lot, of, a lot of information. But when yeah. was the last time you had an opportunity to watch reruns of Law and Order? I mean, that's I like mean, love. You know, the funniest part, so I remember like when I was in college and they would do these, like, I think it was, was it A&E or TNT? They would do these like Law and Order marathons over like Labor Day or Memorial Day weekend. And I would stay in and watch them all. And now it like, for whatever reason, we, I was like, you go, we, so we're watching these marathons and it's actually really funny. I really love it because you get to see New York and, and it's all, and it's, and New York has had many lives, which is actually why I'm watching it is sort of that comforting feeling, right. you know, that, that New York is, you know, is, is hurting right now, but there's going to be, um, there's going to be a way out of this. So. And a good reminder that New York might feel crazy now, but if you look back at Law and Order, you'll realize it was always crazy. It was always so, crazy. You know, it's not like, yeah. It's so yeah. great. You see all these, like, all, you know, it makes the, all these actors in these small roles, too, eventually became big. We were watching last night, and Laura Linney was in, like, a guest star, you know, in the early 90s. And we we're like, wow, okay. So it's fun. And uh, I've done something. I've just rewatched Killing Eve series one and two just because three is out and I cannot wait to see three but I couldn't remember what happened in one and two I need to do that too good idea so good it's so good so clever I think it's one of my favorite tv shows uh so so don't judge me but I think it's uh I think it's very very clever before we leave you I want to do a quick fire round little levity goes a long way during these times so uh, nothing too nothing too difficult I'm going to ask you something first thing that comes to mind uh mountain desert or sea Desert. Advice you would give to your 21-year-old self? Oh, advice I would give to my 21. Don't sweat the small stuff. Well said. Uh, First job? Uh, Editorial assistant at Vanity Fair. Wow. Um, Where will you travel to first when the travel restrictions are lifted? I think I would love to go to Bermuda. It's our favorite. It's our happy. It's our family place. We love Bermuda. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, song, song you've had on repeat. Song I've had on repeat. Well, okay. This is just, you know, as of recently, Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid because my son loves it and he likes to dance. So we dance to Under the Sea. It's quite Great. cute. By the way, yeah. dancing is really important. If you could squeeze yeah. in a 10-minute dance every day, so it lets it, it's a great way to let off let steam. I out. totally agree. Yep. Gets rid of all the worries in the ego. It's very important. Very, very important. Quarantine hero. Quarantine hero. Oh my gosh. I guess my husband for me. Yeah. yeah. Good. I know. He's keeping so me nice. sane. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, he really is. I, I married a good one. Good. Um, so nice to hear. And Jackie, I just want to say thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Thank you. And uh, this was and fun. Be- thank you. And for being so inspiring. Really, really thank appreciate you. it. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pundell. This episode features Jacqueline Gifford, Editor-in-Chief of Travel and Leisure Magazine.